Welcome to Unsilent with your hosts, Dave and Brian. This is not another current events podcast. We're digging deeper, diagnosing, and discussing what's really going on today, how we got here, and providing observations for future generations. Welcome to Unsilent. We're Brian and Dave. We're hoping you'll let us know where we got it right and where you think we completely missed the point which you can do by visiting our social channels such as unsilentpodcast.com or Rumble or a variety of different places. So let's get into it. Brian, what's on your mind today? Well, you had the topic today. Why don't you, why don't you uh, spell it off for me what you want to talk about? Well, that's 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 very egalitarian of you, Brian. Um, so, awesome. it, you know, and one day you can tell me what that word means, and I'll be either <laughs> flattered or offended. That'll be awesome. Okay. Well, I just <laughs> looked it up this morning. So, you know, one of the things that people argue about in our society, in a in an unraveling society, I think in general, is what people have a right to, and what that even means. What is what is what do rights mean? You know, the, this country was formed on the basis of certain unalienable rights that uh, the founders said were God given. But today we're told that people have rights to all sorts of things that were not rights in the past. So, for instance, uh, a, a blast from the past a few years back was, do you have a right to health care? You have a right, of course, to seek health care and you have a right to seek to be healthy. But do you have a right to somebody providing you health care? Right. And it seems to me that in a society and relating this to Kenny G's time in the world in, in 80 or so years, uh, when a society begins to unravel the very basic definitions of what it means to be a citizen and what it means to have rights to something uh, come into question. And that's where we're at today. We have, a, and we have a society very similar in many ways to what happened in Rome when they started, uh, dumping out of the public coffers, uh, things that, uh, people th- then were given as rights. Uh, do you have a right to a universal basic income? Do you have a right to make a certain amount of money? Do you have a right to a home? And if you do, who pays for that? Yeah. So that's, I, I think, a fundamental thing that we're disagreeing about in society today. Yeah, no, for sure. It's going to be interesting uh, if if anyone in Kenny G's generation, which for those of you new listening, Kenny G is someone who is going to be born around the year 2040. That's who we're talking to. We're trying to explain what this moment in time is like. Uh, if they ever listen to this podcast, we're, Dave and I are trying to do our best to explain like what the tension feels like, what we're arguing about, like what, how in 15-ish years things have just come completely what Dave likes to call unraveled. And so we're largely speaking to people who, Around the year 2080, 2090, somewhere in there, Kenny G will be middle-aged by then. And likely, if David and I's theory is correct, facing his own similar situation at that time because their civilization, their society will be about where we are now in about 2090. So anyhow, um, one of the things that will be interesting for Kenny G, I think, is to see if the Constitution, as you and I know it, survives this, this particular crisis you and I are facing. Because if I were to ask... You know, a thousand kids between the ages of ages they should know. So let's say age 13 to 20, let's say, or 13 to 23, even or whatever, and ask them, is the Constitution in place to explain the rights we get from the government or is the Constitution in place to explain the 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 rights that that should be protected for us from the government, from the government? You and I would have the explanation that the Constitution 
the entire purpose of it was to explain what government cannot do to its citizens. Exactly. But the common today, I think, my guess is that that most young people and most people who would disagree disagree philosophically or or have different values than you and I would say no. The the that document explains what rights the government grants us. Exactly. And so I think that is like I don't think we can have this conversation without talking about that major fundamental shift. Which, again, I I, I don't know. Uh, someday you and I will maybe talk. Listen to that Yuri Bezmenov uh, clip that many people who uh, yes, are living yeah. now might know about, um, where he basically explains back in 1983 or 84, whenever that was, like this is the plan. Let's kind of undo this stuff, and and this would be a this new interpretation of what the Constitution did could be a result of that. Um, but for me, it seems like this really, like again, like most of these things over the last 15 years, this has wildly changed. So. I think that's the kind of the starting place on this stuff. And then we can get into more details, right? Yeah, it, it is. It is. And so um, so I think if you go back to the founders, as you said, uh, the the Constitution, the, the Declaration and the Constitution talk about people having unalienable rights, certain things that cannot be taken away from them that are in, in constitutional language are given to them by God, by, by virtue yeah. of being a created uh, human being. You have certain yeah. things that are inherent in you. So one of the differences between the, the two uh, scenarios that, that you outlined there, Brian, is in one case, it's a, it's something that is inherent in being a person. In other words, yeah. I'm born with these things. I don't, nobody has to give them to me. So government doesn't have to give them to me. No other person has to give them to me. They're mine by virtue of my existence. So that's right. an unalienable right. As opposed to this idea that there is a, a little g that's in charge of it. So there's the big G God who yep. by virtue of creation grants us rights uh, and, and makes it part of our being. And there's this little G government that then we, that some people would determine is the grantor of certain rights. In other words, you have the right to certain things from the government, or you have the right that the yeah. government will enforce by force uh, that other people have to then do for you. So there's yeah. a fundamental, dis there's one fundamental disagreement. There's several, but there's one fundamental disagreement right there. Yeah. And, and I, you would know this better than me because you're much more in tune to more uh, uh, things abroad, but uh, on the globe now, there's I don't know of any other governments than ours where their founding documents specifically say things the government cannot do. Right. It's most other governments, including countries like the UK, England, Ireland, like they've been around for a long time, are a list of things that citizens are permitted to do. <laughs> right. But the but the government is the ultimate is the ultimate say so. And that is uh, part of when like when I when I go on and on and on and people who have been listening for a while may be tired of me talking about values a lot, but I think this is the fundamental the the fundamental difference is do I value freedom and you know we used to call liberty back before I was born and you know uh, and independence do I prioritize that or do I want to be taken care of do I want comfort do I want to be safe and those two things like if you want to be safe like go to a place like um uh, what's the what's the common one in South America now that's kind of collapsed that not Argentina the other one is uh, Venezuela. Venezuela, you go to Venezuela yeah. and they promise lots of things like they're going to comfort you and then yeah. led to revolution and and then you know meanwhile people are like eating out of moldy bread <laughs> dumpsters because uh, because there's nothing to have like all the yeah exactly. the government the government officials got rich and but the promise was though we're going to provide you comfort and safety 
from where the boogeyman is, and that's what Journey right. did in, the, in World yep. War II. The boogeyman was the Jews, and we're going to keep you safe from them if you just give away all your rights, like no big deal. But the government allowed or disallowed certain behaviors versus ours, our U.S. Constitution, as it was written. And again, who knows if it'll survive this this next 10 years or 20 years. But it said, screw the government. The government doesn't yeah. get a say. The government cannot. The government has to do lots of things. We get that. But here's a handful of things the government cannot and shall not do. Right. And and part of this is then sort of the design point of of society. And so our in in our society the design point is really the individual, the person. Uh, right. in in some societies. So one of the fundamental disagreement for instance between the United States and China is the design point question. In right. China the design point is society overall. In other words, if if Brian if you are not beneficial to society, then it is the government's responsibility to yeah. uh, right. cut you off. In fact, the reason that they the, the the Chinese government and the Chinese, you know, the philosophers behind China and there's there is a philosophy there, the philosophers behind China cannot understand why we in the in the West would complain about the civil rights of people in their society. There are people. They have nothing to do with you. Why are you Americans trying to fiddle around in our society? You are immoral for thinking about the Uyghurs in, in our society. Yeah. And so so again, where where is the design point around what the rights are? So what is the yeah. – in, in our society, we then talk about do only individuals have rights or does society and the government have rights? Or what are those? You know, I, I get a kick out of hearing politicians sometimes talk about government's rights. It's the right of the government to do this or that or the other thing. The government has no rights except there that are derived or powers except that are derived from the people and the individual right. cells of the people. Yeah. But we're a lazy population. We, we're a NIMBY right. population, not in my backyard. Right. And we don't really deal with things until there's a crisis. So there's lots yes. of room for corruption and bastardization of these things. And like we, it's, it's easy to see how we got where we, where we got. One of the things that I think is interesting um, for, for Kenny G to know, listening to this many years later, you know, wondering what, what were these people thinking? Like, what was going on and whatever? You know, this week we had the, the Iowa caucus, which is the first um, state that, that really, like, starts preparing the ballots for, like, the real vote that's going to come later this year for president. And as you and I are recording this, it's January 2024. And on the news... The, the people who don't like, so Donald Trump wins by like a landslide and I'm not, this is not about Trump. I'm not, I'm not getting into all that, but he wins by a landslide, like, like historical landslide kind of. Oh numbers. yeah, it was like, huge. It, it was off huge. the chart, like huge, yep. right? Yep. The people, the news, quote unquote, news channels who don't like him are talking about how fascistic he is and, and how he's <laughs> going to be this right. totalitarian and whatever. And, and he, again, they liken him to Hitler all the time, which is, I think is, I think, I think the good news on that part is it's kind of getting old where they're doing that less, it seems like to me, because people are like, well, if everyone's Hitler, nobody's Hitler, right? So yeah, that's right. Yeah, um, if everybody's racist, nobody's racist, everybody's Hitler. Right, right, right. Exactly. <laughs> so, um, but they're, they're carrying on about how he's this, this autocratic, he's going to take control and never give up power. And it's all about the conservative white Christians who are going to be the minority. <laughs> like we're going to like superimpose their, their wishes upon people and, 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 you know, force people into doing things they want don't want to do and and again whether they're in whether they're all in believers in that or not i don't know but they say it 
And some I'm yeah. sure are all in believers. Some I think are sure. saying it because they get paid to. Some I think they're are just like they think that history they're gonna be on the right side of history quote unquote is the thing we're hearing now if they go along with this even though they're like eh, i don't know if that really makes sense but here's a guy who was in office for four years didn't do these things that they're talking about right. exactly. and, and now for certain though there's no question this is going to happen and then you listen right. to the, the news channels that support him or support his ideologies like the, the the politics the governance i guess you would say not sure even that's the ones who support him don't support him i guess but but they they support the policies he put in place they say those people calling him a fascist are the fascists. They're implementing censorship. Right. Yes, they're the ones right. who are going to force their will upon people. And there's evidence that there's that there's doing things. And, and it always comes down to for me, like, how in the heck is it possible that both opposing sides are calling the other's team the exact same thing? They're exact calling same thing. Uh, uh, this team called the blue team calls the red team fascist. The red team calls the blue team fascist. Now, how could that be? And what I've come to believe this is my working hypothesis is if you prefer freedom and personal responsibility it is fascism to force upon you compliance and and hemming you in to keep you safe when you don't want to be safe i want to be free sure. i want to be i want to have liberty yep. i want to have the opportunity to fail or succeed on my own merits i want to i want an equal opportunity and my my uh the outcomes of my life will largely be based on the effort I put in my my in my natural talents. Hemming that person and saying, "No, no, no, you shouldn't want that stuff. You should want safety, and we're going to give right. you a a CBDC to make sure your money is safe, and we're gonna <laughs> right. we're gonna give you these fifteen minute cities to make sure crime's going to go down." And like, and we're like, "That's fascistic to force that upon us." And the opposite is, it's oppressive to force personal responsibility on people who want to be taken care of. That's right. And, and that's, and that's really the, that's really back to that idea of what is, what is your right? Is your right the right to be free to determine your own future? Or is your right the right to have a positive outcome to your life without, uh, necessarily responsibility for the inputs? In, for most of the inputs into your life? Do you have a right to, and, and that's where, you know, we've got this idea of universal basic income. This idea that you're, you know, in a, in a free society, everybody should have money regardless because they got to buy food. You know, where, where does it stop? Do you have a right to food, to, to shelter, yeah. to money, to your cell phone, to all the things we have to have to survive? And this, and you're right. So it is again a, a question of definitions, isn't it? It's a question yeah. of what is, what is a, a citizen? A citizen is in, in the sort of the communist uh, way of thinking in the, in, in China or, or the Soviet Union is somebody who is a fulfilled, uh, part of the state, a cell in the whole and who needs these things to make the state better as opposed to a citizen is somebody that can, uh, exercise the freedom of choice for better or for worse in their own lives and without interference from others. That's really kind of a, a, a fundamental breakdown between the two. And, and, and yeah. it does come to your values question again. What is the value? Is the value uh, self-fulfillment through uh, attempting to better yourself or is the value self-fulfillment by having a full stomach and, you know, three meals and, 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 and a yeah. cot over your head? Yeah. And I think part of the, the linguistic, um, I guess chess match kind of that's going on is again, yeah. part of it is laziness. Part sure. of it is people who want to get elected. So they say what they got to say. And part of it, I do think is like devious. Like there, there's like, di sure, they're like diabolical actions to, 
to use words in a way that kind of sort of means what we want, but it really isn't. But it's, it sounds good so we can get what we want anyway. I think all those things are happening once. I think that it's a fool's errand to, to try to choose which one is the right one. I think it's all happening all the time. Right. That's right. So one of the things that I think that has happened is the word rights has been used to split the difference between explaining what we are worthy of as human beings. I am worthy of having health care. I am worthy of sure. having a house over my head. I am worthy of having three three meals a day because as a human being, there's an infinite value on you. Like you and I can't create another person. Like that's not, that's not how it works. Right. However, we're not entitled to any of that shit. (laughs) Exactly. Right. It kind of feels to me like they took the worthy and the entitled and they split the difference and said, you have rights. And and now everyone can claim that they, that the other side is wrong and their side is right because we're using this, this word rights when really we should be saying entitlements versus worthiness. And that's, I think, with most of our disagreements in society, it comes down to uh, sort of obfuscating, taking these words and making them mushy and yeah. making them not not have hard edges to them so that yeah. so that we can use them in a way. Everybody, you have fundamental human rights. Yeah, I have fundamental human rights. What does that mean? Give me the bullet points. Give me the details of what that exactly means. Right. Well, you know, that's that's situational. It's contextual. Well, for one side, our side, the conservative side says it's all been spelled out. Like absolutely, we went to war to figure this out. And right. the other side is saying, well, yeah, but there's the, and so um, half of the country says we've got this figured out. Let's adhere to it. Let's continue to make progress towards fulfilling the prophecy, which again we or not prophecy, but fulfilling the the uh, what's the word that is well, been the used? promise. It's the promise. promise. Of, of, thank you, yeah. thank you. Promise. And yes, we started off with some pretty significant uh, uh, problems and glaring instances where sure. we were not adhering to our own word. No question about that. And and I, I would argue that we've made tremendous progress and will continue on for as many years as our country is a country. And let's do that. We, we sound out with start, start out some great fundamental um, explanations of these things. Let's fine tune it. And the other side saying, yeah, let's just shit can that and start over. <laughs> <laughs> well, some, some of it is, I think the one side believes in a, in a certain certain organization and principles that can determine these things regardless of who you are. The, the other side, and you know, I'm, I firmly live on the side that believes in, in principles and determines these kinds of things. The, The other side fundamentally believes that it's all about, about identities. And so the principles you're talking about, Brian, they're not valid principles because they were come up. They were they were uh, derived by the uh, the the rich white landowners. Yeah, not, could, not, could the new the new phrase I've heard uh, no less than seventy eight times this week is conservative white Christians. That's the new oh, definition yeah. of the yeah. boogeyman. So yeah, yeah, right. And, and they're the, they're the powerful ones. So therefore, they are the ones that. Um, we have to ignore and anything that came from them. So why do we, why do we look at, you know, we were told in Seattle that certain math is racist because it came from white colonizers. Well, yeah. okay. It seems to me that math is just kind of math. It's a, it's a process yeah. thing and, and it doesn't matter who does it, you know? Um, but, but this, I, I'm this fairly is, certain the Chinese came up with the abacus like two, 5,000 well, years ago, 2000 years ago, or something like that, yeah, right? They, <laughs> I, I think they predated, I think a lot of the math came from them, came in, uh, and, and actually in, in early Islamic history too, there was a yeah. tremendous yeah. amount of, I think, I think they came up with calculus before Isaac Newton ever figured it out. So, you yeah, know, the, the, these are fundamental Arthur, things. And 
forgive me for derailing this. I'm, I'm sorry for cutting off and derailing this, but weren't like the, the letter when you and I write the number 12, isn't that an Arabic number? That's, that's an Arabic. Those are Arabic symbols. Are they right. not? Right. And so it, it yes. And, and so it's, it's too simple to then just uh, pigeonhole it in these identitarian kind of ways that we do. But that, that, but that's back to your previous point of sort of the deviousness of, of this and the power seeking of this. Because if somebody can say, uh, that, that you as a part of this group have no ability to define anything to even talk about this stuff, well, you're not a woman, Brian, so you can't talk about, you know, reproductive rights, right. uh, or, or you're not, uh, you can't talk about racial justice and equity because, uh, you're, you're a, a pale white guy. So yeah. if, if we can, if we do that, then you have the ability to really carve off power and push things in a, you know, and there's, and, and that does lead to this sort of dissolution of society that we have now around identity as opposed to around principles. And that's, and that's the problem then when you, with language and the language gets defined by identity, there's certain things that I can't yeah. say that other people can say just because of who they are. Yeah. Well, first of all, how dare you assume that I'm a, I'm not a woman? Okay, so let's get that on the table. Like, what? Wait a minute. Wild, define that. Define that term. Define that term. Totally inappropriate of you to to take such a leap like that. But I'll, well, I'll move past that just because we're short on time okay. today. Well, that's good. I don't. I don't know that. You know, I think. I think that the other quote unquote the other side, like you and I, are not bashful about saying we have a conservative bend on our bias is conservative. Yes, like we absolutely. Have traditional Judeo Christian values, and that's the right. kind of lens we look through. Yeah. I don't know that I would agree that the other side doesn't have principles. I think they have very different principles, which again would go back to sure. me. Like they focus on everyone getting the same outcome. We sure. focus on everyone having the same opportunity. You can't, you can't play the game monopoly in a Kenny G. If you don't know what monopoly is like, you got to go play, go to the, go to the, the history store and find monopoly at least play one time. Don't take anyone you like. Cause you're going to hate them after four <laughs> hours. Right. But you and I can't play the same game of Monopoly if if you're playing by a set of rules where we all have the same amount of money at the end of the four hours, and I'm playing by a set of rules where the person with the most money wins. Right. We, we're not playing the same game of Monopoly, and that's what's happening right now is we're, we're – this language adjustments that are being made, these language adjustments are to accommodate for we're playing two different games on the same board, right? Does, well, that, does that make yeah, sense? It, it does, and, and this is where – this is, you know, uh, Lincoln even quoted a house divided against itself cannot stand. Yeah. And so how can a society that has uh, a fundamental disagreement on what uh, human rights are, on what a right is in the first place, or what the rules are, or how, how can that society survive? If, if we look at, at many societies over history, uh, as those things changed, as there became this dissolution of agreement on what those basic things are, that's when they collapse. And this is this cyclical yeah. thing that you know, I don't know how it's going to look for Kenny G, but it's going to come, it's probably going to come down to something similar to that, that there is a yeah. fundamental disagreement of things that were the, that were the bedrock foundations of what it used to be, of what, of what everybody agreed on. Yeah. And that's when the society collapses. Right. And, and, you know, again, what we're, what we're arguing over so far is we're, we're still kind of dancing around these things. We're still not like one side will say the other side, you know, they're just bad. They're evil. They're this or that. And we haven't really acknowledged yet, at least publicly that I know of that 
it's not bad. It's just they have a they have different things that they're aiming for. They want right. a different. They want an equal outcome. So let's just start with that. They want everyone to have the same. Now, again, going back to my earlier thesis that some are all in and really believe that. I think that there's people who really do think that they can create a utopian sure. society where everyone can yeah. have the same outcome. I think there's people who are just going along because their friends do it. I think there's people who are going along because they get paid to go along. And I think there's people who are deviously behind the scenes saying, if we can get these morons to do this, I can get, <laughs> I can become filthy rich. Like yeah, the guy exactly. who took over Venezuela, the president went from being, you know, uh, a 10,000 heir to a billionaire or whatever, whatever right. the leap was. It was, it was significant. And his daughter right. became like the second richest person in the country or whatever. Meanwhile, the people went from being in a flourishing country to living off of food lines. But the promise was they would have that utopian, everyone has the same outcome thing. So again, I think that that is their aim. And so anything that's not aiming towards that is fascistic. And any rights that you would suppose to have, if you don't agree with that, are ill-gotten or, or, or incorrectly conceived rights. And for us, we say, if you're trying to hem me in and trying to make me safe and give me your CBDC so I can't go buy $63 worth of whatever that you wouldn't, I would, you wouldn't, uh, you shouldn't know about because it's none of your damn business. And they're saying, no, you're going to do this because we want to be able to control and make sure everybody has the same outcome that I'm saying you're infringing upon my rights, but they don't recognize those as rights because they're, they're playing a different game of monopoly. And, and I think there's, yes, that's right. And I think that what we end up with is a situation where they believe that this utopian vision will bring about the end that they want. I think you could, I think you could take, let's, let's just set aside the sort of the, the money grabbers and the charlatans and the, and the people that have nefarious means. Cause they're, they're on both sides. There are, yeah, there for are sure. plenty yeah, of people. The, yeah, so there, there's bad, bad capitalists uh, back in the day too. There's exactly. <laughs> bad commies, bad capitalists. We'll just yeah. shave those off and set them aside. So I, yeah. I think where you could, where you could in a, in a more functional society where you could gain enough agreement and have an actual discussion is when you say, look, you think that by having a strong central government that tells you everything to do, that you're going to get to more human flourishing. I tell you that having this, that scenario has never led to more human flourishing. So I tell you, and this is the conversation I have with my friends on the left is I say, look, um, this outcome that you're looking for, less poverty, or you're looking for uh, less famine, more people eating, more people having security, all right. of these positive good. Because I agree with all those things you want. Yeah. I'm just telling you that the way that you're going to get, the way that you're going to get there is not the way you think you're going to get there. But right. hist history tells us the way you're going to get there is by the things that I'm, you know, now it sounds like I'm going to be the dictator. So yeah. I have well, no plans we'll to be a dictator czar, my first not, not this election, but next. You'll be on the ballot to be czar. Yeah, well, and I'll only be a dictator the first day. Never yeah. mind. Never mind. Inside joke, Kenny G. Sorry, buddy. Go back and look it up and you'll you'll see the yeah, yeah. to the day. But, but the point is that that I think the majority of people would end up if if they had this conversation saying, yeah, we do want the same things. We just disagree about the means. And what happens in a dysfunctional society, we used to be able to have these discussions. We used to have the discussions on does more freedom lead to more human flourishing or does more regulation lead to more human flourishing? Right. And then we shaved off the edges to get to a, a society that wasn't perfect, but it was, it sort of worked. But yeah. now if you, if you have these disagreements, both sides to your point, 
both sides say that your methodology and what you want makes you Hitlerian. It makes you Stalin-esque. Yeah. It makes you Mao-esque. And so there cannot be a discussion because we disagree on such, on such a fundamental level that we, we, we can't ever get to the fact that we do agree in the end on some of the outcomes. Yeah. And that's yeah, a tragedy. No, I agree. And, and, and I, you know, like, so what are some of the ways that you're seeing like these positive rights versus negative rights? So I'm yeah. imagining when you say something like that, a positive, well, I'll, I won't imagine. You just tell me like yeah. what, when you say these, these less, like we're talking pretty grand ideas now, big, yeah. big picture stuff. What are the, what are the more smaller positive versus negative rights that come to mind for you as you're thinking through this? So in, in, in those terms are, are philosophical, you know, philosophers have debated positive rights versus negative rights for a long time. So the idea behind a negative right is, first of all, it's something that cannot infringe upon me as an individual, cannot infringe, uh, on, on things that it, it can't impede me from living my life. A positive, and it, and none of my rights properly understood in the, in the founders, uh, in their documents talked about positive rights. The government can't do this. The government can't do that. Other people can't do this. So I have a right not to be murdered. That doesn't require anybody to do anything except to leave me alone. So I have a, right. a positive right or a negative right. As That's you're a describing negative it. right. That's a negative okay. right. So a okay. positive right is, is I have a right to food. Okay. So I have a right to food. Now who then, uh, who then has to provide me that food? So that uh, a positive they, right requires those answers, that they it's always they, it's always yes, they. they somebody ought to do something about it. There's somebody <laughs> who ought to do something funded. about it. Right. But a positive <laughs> right imposes an obligation on somebody else to do something for me. So ah. if if you say, for instance, if if you say, well, well, I, I as I'm Brian and I have a right to health care. OK, you have a right to health care. Now what? Well, somebody's got to provide it for me. I'm waiting. Okay. I'm sitting here waiting for my health care. I'm waiting for my health care. I'm waiting for my drugs. I'm waiting for my surgeon. I'm waiting for my plastic surgery. Yeah. You know, I'm waiting for all these things. But when you say you have a right to that, that by definition imposes an obligation onto somebody else. It means, and that obligation, whenever it's a right, that, that it's going to come by force. In other words, right. you have to force somebody to pay for it. You have to force somebody to do it. So you have a right to health care. Well, who's going to force the doctor to come? Well, somebody's going to pay the doctor. Well, who's going to pay the doctor? Well, everybody else is going to pay the doctor. So I get to pay for your health care. Yes, that's your po- that's that's a positive right. So that's that's the definition. That's the difference between negative and positive rights. Obligations this, on somebody else. This <clears> one <throat> you're explaining with the health care, I think, is a is a great little um microcosm of the big picture stuff. So if I were to take the word right out and plug in worthy, instead of saying I have a right to healthcare, and I say I'm worthy yes. of having healthcare, the next obvious question is, well, whose responsibility is it to take care of this? And you and I would say, well, duh, it's my responsibility. Now, if the government does it for me, that's great. If the yeah. employer does it for me, that's great. If they don't, though, it's still my responsibility. Correct. Versus other folks would say, no, it's their responsibility. And if they don't do what I think they are responsible for, I'm going to tantrum or strike or burn the buildings down or, or otherwise, you know, call them a racist or whatever. Right. And I know I'm, I know I'm biased in how I'm explaining this. Kenny G that's, that's why I'm doing this is because explain my bias and how guys like me feel like the world I grew up in is going away. That's, that's the point of this. So uh, I'm aware I'm biased and I'm aware I'm making it sound like my side is right. And the other side is wrong. And that's partially intentional. It's partially just how I think like, I have a responsibility to take care of me and my family. 
I am absolutely worthy, as are they, of having healthcare. Right. But it's my responsibility versus the other side playing the other Monopoly game says, you have a right to this and therefore it shall be. And where the money comes from is not my problem. Right. Well, <laughs> well it, actually, the, the, the money thing is always an easy solution. You just raise taxes on the on the billionaires yeah, and all the problems go away. Just print so yeah, billion, billionaires yeah, and billionaires will pay for it. Yeah. Well, it, and you see, this is this is where the two rights come into conflict as well. So you have a right to health care. Okay, well, somebody's got to pay for it. Well, I have a right. I have a negative right yeah. to not have my money taken away from me. I did yeah. the work. I got this money. It's mine. You don't have a right to take it away from me to pay for your health care. Now, right. we all in – now, and this is where, well, what do you mean? You're not going to pay taxes. Well, we, we all have – There's this is where you get into the social compact. So I'm fond of saying, for instance, that taxes are a necessary evil. Taxes yeah. are evil. I, you know, I, I argue this all the time. Taxes are evil, but they're necessary. And yep. so therefore you should minimize the necessary evils as much as possible because I have a right to keep what uh, my hands and my intellect and my time expenditures, I have a right to keep them. But I agree to a certain level of necessary evil to keep society going. And so this is where, yeah. you know, I'm not a, I'm not an anarchist. An anarchist would say, no, there's, there's no place for, 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 or taxes or for government or for any imposition of responsibility to the whole. So the, the, the individual has no responsibility to the whole. Well, no, see, I don't think that's true. I think you have a community and I think we come together in community and we agree to some level of, of uh, responsibility that we're going to contribute dollars and time and effort. Yeah. And, you know, so, but that's, but that's, that's what, the, in my opinion, taxes are an exchange. I'm, I'm hiring the government to do things I don't want to do. That's right. And I don't have the I capability of doing it on my own. Road. I don't want to, I don't want to build F 16s. I don't want right. to, I don't want to, I, I, and I, and I'm, I'm not capable of doing many of those things. And so we're hiring the government to do the things that, that would take, a, a great amount of collective effort on our parts to do on our own. And it's frankly just more efficient. It makes more sense to, to sub it out. Exactly. <laughs> and, and it's really, I mean, to a great extent, we are, we're, we're just pooling our resources and we're putting something in place to, to do that for us. Now, what part of the problem that's happened, however, is we made the government a separate thing. The yeah. government allows us to do things that no, the government was supposed to be a, a, you know, out, outworking of our will uh, as people, as individuals. Yeah. So they don't exist outside of our needs and our, uh, so when people talk about, for instance, the, the whole, and I don't want to make this all about taxation, but when people talk about, well, why should Joe Sixpack keep that much of his money? She should pay it to the government. Well, why? What's the government need for it? The government only exists to provide things that we can't provide as individuals. We, it, it provides it for us collectively. You know, and as you're talking through that, I had a thought that I've never, again, I've never had before, which is why I like doing the show with you is because I, I think of these things that have never popped in my head before. One of them is if you take the conversation we had 20 minutes ago, you're right. Now the government has been elevated to be equal to a person. So the government has a right to that money from Joe right. Sixpack right. because the government has responsibilities to take care of somebody else's health care. And, and the government is now on on equal footing with the with the people, with that, which was exactly the opposite of the intention of the founding right. documents of this country, was to say, no, the government is not equal to, it's certainly not superior to, but it's not equal to even. It's right. The people have, are the superior ones. The people are the ones whose needs are met first and foremost, 
and the government needs to work within those confines. And now what's happened is we've lost sight of that. And now the government has a right to that money because the people who want the free healthcare, it's government funded. Right. We don't even use words like taxpayer funded anymore. Like even 40 years ago, that was a common thing. Like, no, these are taxpayer funded programs. These entitlements are taxpayer funded. And that's gone away now where they're government funded, where I literally have a friend who had a daughter a couple, this is a couple of years ago, was in like third year of college. I'm probably gonna get the story wrong like usual, but the third year of college or something like that. And was having disagreements with the parents about how, who should pay for what and things like that, healthcare yeah. and all this kind of stuff. And the child said, well, I should just get healthcare. It's, it's, it's free. It's from the government. <laughs> and the parents had to say, where do you think the money from the government comes from? And the kid didn't know off the top of her yeah. head. Now, yeah. it didn't take her very many minutes to do the math and figure it out. But it wasn't <laughs> like a top of mind, like, of course, government money is not right. really government money. It's been extracted from somebody else and put in a pool to be distributed to other people based upon what unelected bureaucrats deem worthy of getting the money. <laughs> and see, I'll, I'll disagree with one thing you said. Where we're at right now is government is equal to the people. That's where we were right. 20 years ago. So I would say in the 60s, 70s, 80s government, it it thought of itself as as a servant of the people, public servants, you know, yep. all the way. But I'd say probably 20 years ago, government raised in its stature to be equal with the people. Now we look at it, well, we should go ask the government for this. The government right. has become the 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 godfather if you will uh, of all this and we look yeah. at it to solve all our problems and to grant all of our rights and that's a dysfunctional society that's one of the reasons I, yeah the and I, I i don't disagree one iota that there's a large percentage i would ballpark it somewhere around 35 40 percent of the population sure. who believes that the government is just a a um butler <laughs> to yeah. provide their needs and yep. income and, you know, I heard some numbers this week, like, you know, in Hawaii, if you're on welfare, it's like $60,000 a year you get, wow. which is like, wow. Again, like, yeah, let's, let's go get a job there. Right. Or <laughs> let's go live there. Like <laughs> I could get a little, job. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Forget the job. Like I just go, go live, go get a tent and you're all set. Right. Yeah. Uh, you know, you got tons of money to eat. Anyhow, there are people who no doubt see the government as um, a cash machine. Yeah, and then there's people like you and I who see the government as a, a necessary evil again right. that should be um, hemmed in and contained. So because we know that once they hit a certain size, any organization's sole primary focus becomes self-preservation, and 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 over time that that just if we don't control it, it'll just grow crazy like a like a like a mold. <laughs> well, absolutely. Well. Probably it has. And that's part of that's part of the reason that this definition of rights becomes important. Yeah. Because if if you define getting stuff, if you have a right to get stuff, there's got to be somebody to give you that stuff. There's nobody else to give you all that stuff except for a massively power powerful central government. That's and, yeah. and it really has accelerated in our time. And this is where sort of crisis comes in. Don't ever let a good yeah. crisis go to waste. The, the crisis of the COVID uh, era where governments just started taking a fire hose from the treasury and spewing money all over society, people started to get it in their mind at that point that, wow, if there's a problem, government's just going to solve it by you know giving us tens of thousands of hundreds of thousands of dollars and to spread it yeah. all over society. And and that that really perverted if if government already wasn't daddy for us, 
government became daddy when that happened. Yeah, the the COVID thing, I would say for sure, really uh, recalibrated people's understanding of what the government subsidies are supposed to and who is has rights to government subsidies, who is worthy of those subsidies, what kinds of situations should uh, uh, cause subsidies to happen. And I really do agree with you 100% that that fundamentally changed how many people see government's role as far as money. And and here's, I would imagine, I don't know this, but, you know, going back to Roman times, um, I I heard this uh, not long ago, you know, kind of equivalent to today, like the the first silver coins were like 99% silver. And then fast forward X number of years, 100 years, 200 years, 500, whatever it was, I don't know. It was 0.02% silver right, right. because the government had extracted all the buying power out of it to keep yeah. the king rich. Yep. You know, basically, the, and to fund, fund the, the ongoing wars that went over you know, all of Rome's history, which is nothing but war and conquering yeah. and expansion and whatever. And it's like, well, none of these things are brand new. These things are all the same. So looking at what you're talking about, like... The government will do all these things. And my belief is the government will continue to do all these things at a rapid, more rapid pace in bigger pieces, in bigger um, amounts, and more often right. until it can't. And w- right. But when it can't, the whole house of cards comes down. Well, and that's because, the problem. Yeah. That, that's, and and that, that happened in Rome, too. I mean, there's there's yeah. plenty of historians who who say that the part of the reason that Rome fell is because they started. Be, you know, the big thing in Rome was being a citizen. If you're a yeah. citizen, you got a you got a maid in the shade. But eventually, a citizen came with financial. You know, they tried universal basic income. It's mean, an right. example. You know, this isn't yeah. an Andrew Yang thing. And, and this 30, is a, something like thirty five percent of the population got it. Right. Yeah, exactly. And so there comes a time when math imposes itself to such a degree that you cannot fight it anymore. Now we are in a, we're in a tough situation though. And that is because in, in this day and age, if Kenny G reads about us, he'll find out that, that the United States is the world's reserve currency. So we can, in theory, until the world changes that, if they ever do, uh, well, all the earth's debt is denom, not all of it, but a, a big chunk of it is denominated in in dollars, we can continue to print dollars as often as we want. Two trillion, yeah. three trillion. We can just keep doing that. And so we can live a false life believing that, that's funded by this, this, the rest of the world depending on us to keep their debt going. I mean, it's, it's, yeah. it's a crazy situation. So it's, it's probably going to be a while before that collapses. I don't think it's going to be anytime soon because the world is addicted to our dollars. That's more modern day stuff. My, I'm going to, I'm going to, I know you and I don't make predictions. I'm going to make my first prediction to Kenny G. And, and, you know, the good news is I'll be long dead. So if I'm wrong, I'll never know. (laughs) I'll just, I'm going to die knowing I was right. And if it turns out not to be the case, I'll never know. It's okay. Uh, My prediction is that the U.S. having the reserve currency will at least, at least for a while, I don't know how long, could be still in Kenny Kenny G's time or maybe only happened for five years and came back. But there'll be a period between now and then, Kenny G's time, where the U.S. dollar is not the reserve currency of the world. It could be. It, it, I think it'll take a very long time for that to happen, though, because all the contracts yeah. are written, all, 30-year contracts from you know one country to See, here's what has to happen to make that happen. There has to be a more solid currency than ours. And so we're, I've heard people say, I've heard a, one of my financial advisors says, 
wear the cleanest dirty shirt there is. Yeah. <laughs> That's really yeah. the truth. I, yeah. I, I don't want to get sidetracked on that. Yeah. Uh, you and I can talk about that another time. I, I yeah. would, I would even go so far as to say that I believe that'll happen in the next five to 10 years. I think it's going to happen way faster than we think, but I don't want to get sidetracked on that. That's a whole we'll different do a topic. Bet. We'll do yeah, hundred. Yeah. And I'll, and I'll, uh, you bet me using gold and I'll no, bet I'm you a hundred dollar bill. I'm going to use rubles. <laughs> Let me use rubles. <laughs> so, uh, other than this, like healthcare, are there other of these rights that you think are like you know um, different, like in a different category thing? Like that's monetary. Like, sure, um, I should get free stuff because I have a right to to food, healthcare, housing is now kind of lumped in there. There's a very are there other examples one. you can think of, Dave, that don't kind of fall in that kind of just like. Absolutely. Somebody pays somebody to provide something for me. Go ahead. Go ahead. What you got? Absolutely. If you don't denominate it in dollars and in, in cents in, in monetary terms, you denominate it in feelings. In other words, you, I have a right for you to believe that whatever I do, whatever choices I make are ah. good and righteous choices. In other words, I impose a values obligation on you to say that my lifestyle, I don't care if you're born with it or if you've, if you've adopted it or whatever you claim, you claim you're uh, a man, a woman, a dragon, a, a, a an oyster. I don't, you know, whatever you claim is equal to what you, what anything else is. And so if, if you claim that you're a woman, well, trans women are women. So I have right. a right now to expect you to not only accept my right to say that, but I have a right to expect you to endorse that. That's a positive yeah, right because it imposes even, an obligation. It yeah, imposes it an even, obligation on you. It even borderlines on uh, celebrate, not just endorse. Yes, I so have like a right. Yes, I have a right yeah. to expect you to celebrate, not accept, yeah. but celebrate. Right. And that that yeah. is a positive right. That's another example of positive and rights. Going back, you know, again, to understand for Kenny G, like the context of this, going back, let's say, to 1980, let's just say, um, the majority of the population probably was not accepting of a gay lifestyle. And then somewhere in the late 80s, uh, even through the AIDS crisis, you know, there was, you know, people became uh, the tolerant, I would say. Yes. And like, we will we'll tolerate this in our society. And then they came to accept it in, the sol- in our society. Right. And then what, what's the next one after that? Um, uh, acceptance. Um, I guess, I guess celebration might be in there somewhere. Well, yeah. Or, it's or, really or, endorsing or, and celebrating. Or, yeah. Um, and then the, at some point, like it becomes expected, like this has to be. So if right. the current trend continued in 10 years, every family would be expected to have a trans person in their family to, right. to be in alignment. Right. So that's kind of the trajectory that I would imagine that that kind of thing goes on. And right now, I agree with you that we've surpassed the accepting part. Now you have to verbalize that you endorse, celebrate. Right. It, it has to go a little further than just, yeah, I'm okay with people doing what they want to do. That's not good enough anymore. Right. Where that would have been good enough 10 years ago. In 20 years, it would have, it would have been good enough to say, man, I, I don't, I, I don't want to do that. But I, I tolerate people like that being in our society. That would have been acceptable 20-something right. years ago. The, the expectation has increased every decade-ish or so. I don't have any math yeah. to support this idea, but just my personal feelings that you're 100% right. They Now you have a right, no matter what you claim. And there's literally people claiming to be animals. Sure. I saw a, another story recently of a lady who who fell madly in love with a tree and married it. <laughs> and, like, and so, so the ex- expectation is that we celebrate that because it's yes. diverse, it's different, it's new, it's not boring old stuff that Dave and Brian like. That that's 
stupid old stuff. This is new and fun and exciting. And if you ain't on board and celebrating that, then you're you're one of the conservative white Christians the evil extremists and to bring the world to an end. Well, and so <laughs> think about this. It 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 becomes a right the right is the fundamental principle right in that is a right not to be offended. Yeah. It's a it's a right for whatever whatever you say and, and and not only do you have a right not to be offended which imposes an obligation on another person but you have a right then to be endorsed. So you have yeah. a right to have your emotional what you perceive your emotional needs, you have a right to extract that from other people. And that right. is again to my formulation earlier, that is then a violation of my negative rights to be left alone. I mean, yeah. like I, I don't care if you think you're a, a furry or you're a dragon. You know, I heard somebody <laughs> recently say that somebody that they knew their kid thought they were a dragon. Well, okay. I mean, what, you know, I, I mean, I, I don't, but all right, fine. Be say that, but don't expect me to endorse that. And just right. like I do not. So I'm a conservative Christian. I don't, if somebody else says, well, I hate conservative Christians. Okay. Well, more power to you, buddy. That's your choice. I don't, I yeah. don't care. You know, you, you, well, you yeah. don't like bald people. Well, Dave and Brian, I, I don't think you're offended. I'm not offended. I don't care. And even if I was yeah, offended, okay. who cares? Right. Who ultimately cares? Go, yeah. Going back to my other, my previous thing on the monetary stuff, I am worthy of not being offended. Right. But I'm not entitled to that. Nobody owes you that. Nobody owes me that. I'm worthy of it. And whose responsibility is it to deal with it? It's right. mine. Exactly. Versus. Right. Whose responsibility is it? It's theirs. And that right. these are the fundamental differences in what we're arguing about. And some, some of these things seem they I imagine if if a person really did li listen to this, you know, 65 years from now, they would say, these guys are fighting over the pettiest stuff, <laughs> like our society. <laughs> not not my right. me and you. Yeah. But uh, how could they be arguing over such petty stuff? And it does sound petty until it's just one thing after another. And it's just this yeah. constant barrage of you being accused of being a racist or a xenophobe or a homophobe or a climophobe or whatever phobe because <laughs> you won't accept that the, the kid's seven-year-old wants to be a dragon furry um, transgender <laughs> female. Right. And like, if you don't celebrate that, you're the problem. And I'm again, going back to this, like, leave me alone. I don't, yeah. I don't have to be drugged into any of your nonsense. I don't drag you into my nonsense. Right. I have nonsense too, by the way. Right. Yes, we all do. <laughs> I think, I'm a, I think I'm a nice guy. How about that for being wild? Right. <laughs> so I don't, I don't, I don't expect you to endorse that. I don't right. know. Nobody walks around expecting to be endorsed on being these others, like more, I, I hate to use the word normal, but like, um, conventional common. kind of things. You're likable. You're yeah. yeah. Common. Like, so, so this idea that like we won't have an expectation to endorse somebody on being likable or nice or knowledgeable or talented, but we must go over the top of these other things. It's just like it's a weird, wild stretch, and we're just barraged with this stuff nonstop all the time, which is – and then you throw in the bigger picture things that are much more consequential, and you throw in that your kids, if you don't have these beliefs, must – be must endorse it in school. So even if you as a parent don't endorse it, the kids have to endorse it. Now that creates friction in the family. Like yeah. it seems petty to describe this stuff, but it's not petty. These are, these are real significant fundamental differences in what we consider a successful society. Well, and when, if we go back to the foundation of this society, 
go back again, which I oftentimes do. I mean, the, the Constitution and the Declaration of Independence are amazing philosophical documents. They're incredible right. philosophical documents. And, and those documents lay out things, for instance, that are – uh, that were considered by the founders, and I still consider them wise today, uh, to yeah. be the foundations of a successful society, such as freedom of association. If, yep. if you want to hang out with me, hang out with me. If I want to hang out with you, if I don't, I'm not going to hang out with you. Freedom of association, yeah. freedom of speech. You have the freedom of conscience to think and say what you want as long as it doesn't uh, proactively hurt somebody else. Now, right. if those two things by themselves are under attack when you say that you have freedom to be free of offense, I have, I have the yeah. right, not the freedom, but I have the right to be free of being offended by what you think or what you say. That is an attack on the negative right that I have to live my life the way I want to live it. Right. So it, it is, it does pull at the, the basic core uh, threads that hold the republic together. And when you get to a crisis era like we're in, or like we've been in before at the, at the, at the time of, of the Civil War or World War II or Kenny G's time in the future, there will be things of that nature that will pull at the basic thread of society that will, I, to use that word again, I always use unravel the, the core yeah. that keeps us all together. And that's the dangerous part. So am I, am I here? Um, and you're educating me here, which I appreciate. Am I hearing you right in saying that all the rights that you and I would know from like the Bill of Rights and things like that, those are all negative rights. Is that correct? Yes. Yes. Those are negative rights. Okay. The, yeah. So it seems to me that, that not only on the, on the financial side, like the government one day, if these entitlements continue to be more expensive and more frequent, the government just runs out of money. Right. But also it feels like to me, on these more emotional things, like you're like, you're, like sure. you must endorse so people. Yep. You, you run out of energy time. Um, if everyone is so unique in their own way, now nobody's unique again. Right. So exactly. it almost feels like that we go bankrupt on affording these positive rights as well. Just like we go bankrupt in affording to give people money. Like you eventually, like we have to, well, reality knocks on the door. It well, just that, that's not work anymore. That's exactly <laughs> it. And so, so negative rights. If you if you take a look at the negative rights, it affords for some discomfort and for for some hurt feelings and all that in society, which are unfortunate. But they're but they're there. Are they, they just exist? Well, is it I unfortunate. Mean, I don't well, know. I mean, in in a in a utopian world, they wouldn't exist. And so, this is where the utopian rights of the positive rights, where everybody feels good about everybody else and everything, that's where. That comes into play. But as you said, reality comes knocking at the door. So the question is, which of these, which of these realities is going to be more long lasting? Which of these realities comports with the way the actual world works? And so yeah. eventually we learn that we cannot push on, on these impossible things and we accept things that might have a little bit of, of, um, of discomfort with them, like, well, I don't like the way Brian looks and he doesn't like the way I look. And so, well, that's, that's unfortunate. Well, okay, but we'll, we'll get along with it. We'll, we'll be okay. So that's, yeah. that's where you have to be able to accept reality as it is and have a sort of circumspect view of the universe, I think. Yeah. I think now that you're, you're talking through this, I, the, 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 a cost of having this utopian society where nobody ever has their feeling hurts, right. their feelings hurt, a cost, not the cost, a cost of that would be, People would stop start starting small businesses. Yes, because 
the entire journey of being a small business owner is getting kicked in the teeth over and over That's again. Right. I'm, not, right. I'm, I'm not just, I'm not just like, I'm kind of making a joke about it, but I'm not also meaning if people gave up when there was discomfort, they would, they would literally be in business for right. a week or two and that would be it. And if the goal became to get the society to mold to this notion that discomfort is bad, you would, you, there would be, you know, one or three national plumbing companies. There'd be one or three national yeah. marketing companies. There'd be right. one or three national book selling companies. And, and all the little things that we love about the character and the nuance and the fun and the vibe of these small yeah. businesses, honestly, like now I have, a, again, this is, I have a bias as a small business owner currently and previously. Uh, but these are the kinds of things that like, if we give up discomfort, we give up physical health. Yes. If we give up discomfort, we give up longevity in life. If we give yeah. up uh, discomfort, we give up education and knowledge. If we give up discomfort, we get, there's, there's tons of costs involved in giving up discomfort. And, and this, that's, I love that point, Brian. That's an excellent point. The cost of doing these things. So if, if you force everybody to endorse everybody, you give up creativity. You give up, we talked about this two episodes ago or three episodes ago. If you force everybody to, to, for there to be no, nothing said that gives up offense, you give up comedy, you give up humor, you give up laughter. Yeah. You give up for the, the cost of any of these things that we're talking about means you give up something even more fundamental than me feeling good about whatever being a dragon or whatever it happens to be. Yeah. You give up something more I, costly. Yeah. I, yeah. Which I think is again, like these, all these things all sound fantastic right up until you add in human nature. Yes. That's right. right? And so, that's for right. example, if we, if the goal becomes to acknowledge and in, endorse and celebrate everyone's unique ability, well, then nobody's unique anymore. That's right. And we actually give up each of our uniqueness and acknowledgement of our abilities because everyone has to have that. Yeah. And so right. if you are truly remarkable, you don't get acknowledged for that anymore. Exactly right. <laughs> and well, that is, that would be a, a logical how that would play out a cost of if everyone is exceptional, then nobody's exceptional. If everyone's yep. remarkable, then nobody's remarkable. If everybody's worthy of cel being celebrated, then nobody's worthy of being celebrated. Yep. If everybody wins, everybody loses. Yeah. So, if, every, if everybody's a winner, then nobody's a winner. Yeah. So, so therefore exactly. everybody loses. You take it to the, you take it to the ultimate degree, whatever you're trying in, whenever you, and this is true of any time you try to contradict the universe, it, it, eventually it comes back to bite you in the butt. So you, yeah. you accomplish the exact opposite that you wanted to accomplish. If, if everything, and if everything is, is plain, then the entire world is just in black and white and it's, it's a hellscape. You don't want to live in it. Yeah. Well, the most important thing we established today, I think, is that I will die being right. And if I'm wrong, it'll be, I'll be proven long after I'm dead and it won't matter. So that's it the most matter. important exactly. thing. Exactly. I'll go right, with that. Right, right. <laughs> All right. Well, like Dave said earlier, go to unsilentpodcast.com. We really would like to hear your opinion about stuff. We want to know where you think we are properly assessing and articulating what this moment in time feels like to somebody living in the future. And we'd love to know where, you're, where we're missing it from your point of view. If you're like, you guys are full of crap. That's not what this feels like. We would love for you to chime in which a great place to do that would be our Rumble channel. You can watch this video. There's a great comment section there. That's probably the best place to do it is just to comment on the on the video. Love to hear your thoughts. We really want to um, accurately portray what this moment in time is like for folks living in the future as they will no doubt come back and wonder what in the hell was going on at that time. <laughs> and Dave and I do our best to present our, our point of view, of course, but that's not the full story by any right. stretch. We'd love to hear what you guys think. 
So don't forget to do that. Go to unsilentpodcast.com, rumble.com. Check out our channel there. It's just the Unsilent Podcast on Rumble. Easy to find there. Until next time, this is Dave and Brian signing off. See you next week. Do you want to be unsilent? Make your voice heard on our social media channels and share where you think we got it right or wrong. Go to unsilentpodcast.com for social links so you can join the discussion.